Those moments when you realize you are one of those people that you always criticize. Oh, they're just so much fun. Well, howdy, good to uh, be talking with you again. It's only been about a month or so. Sorry about that. My bad. Uh, welcome to Just Say It. Glad to have you along. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but when you have these moments when you do something where basically this is an act that you have either criticized or been frustrated with or just down on, and then you realize that you're the one that's doing it, these are very humbling times, are they not? And perhaps this is something that you have maybe experienced over the course of your lifetime, a time or two perhaps even recently. Well, mine was uh, was just recently. I was uh, picking up some items, you see, because I had a, a graduation party to get ready for for my son Carson, and I was just taking care of the list picking up your, your paper plates and the cups and the napkins and the throwaway silverware and all of these various items, along with uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, uh, at the dollar store, the Dollar Tree, to be exact. The one that's actually a dollar, that's a whole other topic. I don't understand why these dollar stores like Dollar General, uh, Family Dollar, everything's like a different price in there. If you're going to put dollar on your business, things should probably be a dollar, don't you think? Misleading anybody? Okay. Anyway, so Dollar Tree, the dollar place uh, of choice for me because things are a dollar. And so I'm there and I'm stocking up because when you go to the Dollar Tree, of course, you can't just get one item. You have those baskets that they have for you there at the front, the little hand baskets. Not getting one of those is a terrible mistake, and I've done that many times where, of course, you have, like, all the things, and, you know, they sort of amass over time, and then you realize about halfway through, I should have gotten a basket. No, but the thing with this trip was I was in full-on party stock-up mode. I needed to get a bunch of stuff. I had to get all those items I described earlier, and then about 12 more because that's what you do when you put on a party. You try to have some uh, items and you try to take care of these things beforehand. Now, my thing with the Dollar Tree is that I, I haven't understood in the past why when you get to the checkout counter, sometimes this can be a little bit of a bear. Is that putting it nicely enough? I mean, you get up there and there's the one person at the counter doing the checkout and then inevitably they have to call for the other person who's either in that one weird room off to the side. I don't know what are they doing in the room off to the side or they're way in the back. You know, Frank to aisle one uh, for checkout. Debbie, we need help at the front. There's always that cry for help, which is a great feeling, by the way, because at this point, the line is like 18 deep and you're wondering if it's really worth saving the, I don't know, 5 to $10 that you're saving on the items that you're picking up for the next 30 to 45 minutes of your life that you're exchanging for it, what I'm getting at is there is inevitably somebody in line, usually in line right in front of me, who is buying one of everything the Dollar Tree sells. I mean, I am talking about little candles and decorations and then some toys, 
maybe some eyeglasses. I don't know who's buying eyeglasses at the Dollar Tree. I bought sunglasses, but I've not bought eyeglasses yet there. Uh, then the candy, and there's some food, and then you got the seasonal items. And this person has like an entire, the full-size basket, like the grocery store basket, plus some more things. And that whole conveyor belt is just taken up with tons and tons of items. And you just know that you're toast at that point. You are not going to get out of the Dollar Tree while you are young. And this is something that leads to a lot of frustration for me because my whole thought on that is, what are you doing? Like, why do you have to buy 10,000 items at the Dollar Tree? Why? I just have my two little items here. Perhaps it's this and that, and I'm gone. Like, that is my normal MO at the Dollar Tree. I'm the two-item guy who just wants to get in there and get the heck out of there and be done with it. Normally, I am the one behind the person with a lot of items until, friends, that day when I was that guy. I'm not talking about the two-item guy. I'm talking about that guy, the guy with a whole slew of items. And there I was just slapping them out onto the conveyor belt, tossing them one after the next after the next, really oblivious to the whole situation until the light bulb went off and I realized, oh gosh, I am now that person and I am now holding up probably three to five innocent civilians from getting on with their lives and actually enjoying their evening because here I am with my two dozen things that are going to take forever for this poor person to ring up because there's nobody else up there working and there I was and that was the moment. Humility happens in that way. That is exactly how it works. We don't really manufacture humility. It just kind of comes to us, you know, when we do stuff that we, I don't know, maybe aren't happy with uh, normally in life. So, hey, look at that. Um, I guess I'm going to have to be a little bit more patient now with people at the Dollar Tree ordering 2,700 things or buying 2,700 things in the line because apparently I'm one of them. So if you can't beat them, join them. Let's go. And that leads me to uh, just the general topic of frustration and how this is <laughs> a constant thing for me. I am constantly working on not getting frustrated at things in life. This is one of my number one shortcomings. I just don't have a lot of patience for a lot of stuff. I get so frustrated with so many things. And this really wasn't even a, a true frustration thing. It was kind of, I don't know, sort of led to like, deviant thought in the process. We were actually at the uh, awards ceremony uh, for my son at his uh, high school awards ceremony, and, and he won a scholarship, and I was very thankful for that. And way to go, Carson. All right. Outstanding. That part was not the uh, the issue, of course. Uh, the thing that led to some, I guess we'll call it frustration, uh, there was one kid that kept winning like every single award that was given out practically the entire night. Like they kept calling this kid's name over and over and over and over. And now I am sure you being the upstanding thinker and the wholesome person were probably just in the crowd going, that's really great. Like that's that's nice. What a nice accomplishment for this young person. And and that's great. I'm I'm happy for you. About halfway to two thirds of the way through the presentation, there was a little group of us and we were actually kind of talking amongst ourselves, like, wow, I wonder if they're gonna rename the school after this kid, or maybe this kid's gonna actually, I don't know. Uh, just go on to make a million dollars off of just scholarships this year. Obviously, very happy for the kid. It's great. It's not a personal thing. It's just joking around here, people. Like, But here's the thing. What came of that was I really want to see an award every year for a student 
who really like hasn't done much at all. Like, where is that award? Where is that scholarship? Where is that honor for just the average Joe, the average Jane, the average student who just kind of, you know, they show up most of the time. They get okay grades, you know, and maybe even take it down a notch. Where's the where's the award for the, the kid that's just a slacker? I mean, come on, right? Why are we always having to award everybody who's perfect and doing such a great job? Let's throw in an award here and there just for somebody who really doesn't have it all together. And maybe it'll encourage that person, who knows, to maybe get it together in the future. I am going to stop at that point right there. But anyway, very happy, of course, for my son in what he was doing this year. He overcame a lot, just like all the other kids did in a crummy year for high school seniors everywhere. Good for you, Carson. As for my son, Logan, he's been doing the lacrosse thing. And you see, he got to play on his varsity team this year, which was really cool. Had a good moment there this past year. Now he's doing the travel team where he travels like regionally for a team of people he doesn't even know and plays for them. And that's pretty cool. But what was actually really interesting about this past weekend was he played just a week after a uh, trip to the ER. You see, what happens is when you fall down, when you're kind of uh, stuck with low blood pressure, sometimes you fall down and you hit your head. Uh, And then when you hit your head, you have to go to the ER. And then when you're in the ER, then you have to get staples in your head. When was the last time you had staples in your head? I'm wondering if that's something that you've experienced. I have not. I felt so bad for the poor kid But he had a great doctor, happened to be actually the mother of my former supervisor at my most recent job. Crazy small world stuff. Anyway, all that to be said, the kid gets staples. And then a week later, he's out there just running around playing lacrosse, getting bopped around like a human pinball at times. And uh, way to go, Logan. Good job with that. Now, this leads me to where I'm going next here with athletes. There are some athletes that are pretty extraordinarily tough. They have this incredible work ethic. They are just very durable. Uh, And then (laughs) this situation that I just don't understand. If you are a basketball fan, perhaps you can relate to this. Uh, You're watching a basketball game. Could be college, could be pro, whatever it might be. The person is taking a shot or whatever, and maybe they get fouled or they trip or whatever, and they end up on the ground, right? It happens. Sometimes that's part of the game. What I don't understand being part of the game is the part when this superstar just incredibly conditioned, fit, athletic, completely healthy peak of their life athlete, then can't get up. They have to like hold their hands up and wait for their buddy to come over and pull them up. This is absurd. I I just don't understand this at all. And I know basketball is not the only sport, but this is the sport I've been watching recently. And I see it over and over again, like the person will just sit there sometimes until they find somebody to pick them up. You're a superstar athlete. You can't get up? Like why? I just, okay. I just don't understand that one. It's actually pretty comical to see it. And so I'm glad that they got their buddy to like pick them up when they get, you know, fouled or something. But I'm just saying like multimillionaire, very, very, very remarkably fit athlete could probably, probably just go ahead and get up on their own. Just a thought. I'm merely just throwing it out there. And I don't know what the deal is here. I'm feeling a little snarky today, I guess. So thanks for bearing with me 
perhaps the more weeks that build up between these episodes, the more level of snark uh, increases. So I guess I should probably start doing some more podcasts uh, is really the answer here. So I'll work on that uh, right as soon as, as I fix my phone signal. You see, there is something about cell phones. It, it, isn't it true? These things are like the coolest things ever. Just little computers in our hands. They're fabulous. They're wonderful. And then sometimes you actually try to make a call and you can't get through. You just can't get any service. And I've noticed that I changed carriers uh, last fall because the last carrier wasn't giving me a free phone and I'm cheap. And so I wanted a free phone. So I switched my carrier. And yeah, so that's not really working out very well for me. But it kind of led to a moment too where I feel like this is where we all misunderstand each other or just decide that it's somebody else's fault. I'm talking about when you're on the phone with somebody and the signal gets weak and the, the call dies out and then somebody calls the other person back. And what's the first thing that usually is said? Oh, you cut out. Well, well, did they cut out or was it actually that your phone failed? Like your service stinks. Maybe that's it. Because I was I, the words were almost out of my mouth the other day when I was talking to a buddy of mine and I was about to tell him, hey, dude, your phone cut I'm like, actually, I think I have poor service. And it was probably my phone that cut out. So this is a completely meaningless and trivial part of life. But I think the next time that your phone and the person's phone who you're talking to don't talk to each other anymore and then whatever happens, right, it's worth thinking about. It's probably not because they cut out. It might be because your phone cut out or it might just be because, well, sometimes things happen. It's just a little nuance of life that's had me thinking a little bit lately as well. I should probably start thinking less or at least start thinking of some more um, positive types of things. So I'm going to work on that. And uh, in the meantime, thanks for checking out the podcast again. Good hanging and uh, we'll do it again soon. See ya.